Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, for this opportunity, for what you have ordained for us today. We honor you. We love you. Thank you so much, Lord, for giving us this time with you. Share with us what's on your heart. Share with us what we need to know. Of course, we always need to know so much, but you you are wise enough to give us what we need from hour to hour. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So today I thought we'd talk about, um, oh, part two of what we started last Sunday. Uh, I am healed because I believe. Amen. There's some things that uh, we we need to believe uh, before we can claim our healing. Amen. I mean, there's we get everything that we get from God's invisible kingdom. We receive it by faith. And so we must believe the things that we're expecting God to do for us. Uh, we can't just claim them, claim them, you know, like, oh, I claim this, <laughs> you know, and go around <laughs> claiming stuff. Uh, you have to lay claim to it legitimately. And the legitimate means is through the faith of the Son of God, the faith, kingdom faith, the faith that God has given to all believers <clears throat> and the faith that that you appropriate when you put it in God's word. You have to have a scripture in your heart that you are believing uh, before your confession is recognized by God. And this is what differentiates us just from kind of like new age people who Always have a good confession. Oh, the positive, you, you know, I don't want any negativity around me and, you know, all of this stuff. And, and so it's different. What we have is different. Uh, what we have is a, a, uh, an oath and a promise built into a covenant with God that is unbreakable on his part. Uh, people who just want to keep a happy thought break that anytime they they have trouble, you know, and, you know, they don't want any negativity around them, but negativity, quote unquote, comes to everybody. And so what is your response when it comes to you? If you believe in your heart, what you're confessing with your mouth, your response will never change. You you just won't change what you say. You won't change what you believe as long as it's built on God's word. God's word is permanent. It's everlasting. It'll be there after you change your mind 15 times. That word will still be there telling you, I'm going to come to pass anyway. Amen. And so that word is there not to test us on on whether or not we'll quit. But that word is there to remind us that we can't quit because God won't let us. Amen. So there's a difference. That God is for us. Whenever he reminds us of things that we're, we've been praying for and standing for, he does that so that he can encourage our faith. He wants to encourage us to continue to believe. He's our advocate. That's what an advocate does. He cheers you on. He encourages you. He tells you, no, you can't quit. Wait a minute. Let's, let's go back here again. Remember what I told you. Remember how we talked about this. Remember how, you know, you were so discouraged when you first heard that news and how you went into the word and you got your answer. Remember those things and bring me into remembrance of all of those things that we've discussed 
And those things will come to pass for you. They'll come back to life for you. And that's really how God conducts business in the kingdom. He doesn't care what comes up in the meantime. He doesn't care what has happened uh, in the road between where you're going and where you're at. Uh, he, he wants us to always keep the vision of what we are praying for and what he has for us uh, in mind. Keep it in the forefront. That's why it, the uh, Pro, uh, Proverbs 4 tells us to not let the word depart from our eyes. That's the way you remember it, is what you look at. In other words, there be many things that you'll see in between. But don't let that depart. You let some of that other stuff go. But hang on to the word. Amen. Because that's life to you. The other stuff may not bring you life. You know, things like, you know, well, you're, you're overdrawn or, or, you know, you, you won't be able to make the payment on time or whatever it is that, that is facing you. Um, it, don't let that be your focus. Let God's provision be your focus. Amen. Things that happen to us are no surprise to God. They're not, he, they don't catch him off guard. If he's a good father, he's already made provision for everything that we need. It might be new to us. But it's it's kind of like old to him. It's like, okay, here's one more kid needing something. Amen. Just like parents, natural parents. If you're a natural parent, you know, the fact that your children's shoes wear out is no shock to you. What might shock you is how long they lasted this time. Because they usually usually wear out a lot quicker. Amen. And so, you know, these these things come about, but we're not upset falling out about them we learn how we would like to but we learn how to take what we call in stride amen and take those desires and those burdens and those needs to the lord and watch what he does watch how he fulfills watch how he he begins to to uh, minister to those needs and to meet those needs amen and so god is is that kind of a god he he just wants to really fulfill uh, the desires, and he has to do it his way. Amen. We have to allow God to do things his way. We, we can't dictate the terms, you know. I'm always wanting free stuff, you know. I get my share of it, but most of the time he'll send me to my, it's Bob, just, just go pay for it, okay. Just lay off the free, you know, or somebody, I know somebody better come by here and give me something. You know what I'm saying, hey, Nobody's coming by. Nobody's giving you anything. Right. Nobody. So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, well, we'll do it your way, you know? So, but God is good. He will, he will do the things that he promised to do. We can't dictate how he does them. We just have to let him does them. Okay. So he does them. So anyway, what I, I am healed because I believe. Amen. I believe. What do you believe? about God's word. What do you believe that strengthens your resolve uh to to uh claim your healing and to appropriate healing and to believe symptoms uh will leave. Amen. They they must leave. They may stay for a while but but they must leave. Amen. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night. In other words, you may be afflicted for a minute, but joy comes in the morning. There's always a next morning. Amen. There's always a a new grace and a new mercy that's going to show up every day. 
that's going to alleviate suffering, that's going to take you out of pain zone into relax zone, that's going to take you out of worry zone into confidence zone. Amen. It's all, I always look at it this way. If, if you've ever really been like really concerned about something where the enemy is kind of like beating your brain up and almost convinced you that there's no hope, it won't happen. And then the suddenlies cause it to flip around real quickly. And it's almost like you landed into another world altogether. Amen. And you have. You've been over in in the land of lack, and now you're over in the world of abundance. And so once you once you flip over into abundance, it takes your your head a, a minute to adjust to it. It's like, is this mine? Is this God? Is this really like you go in the door and you're scared to go into the next room? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You kind of kind of ease your way in there because it's like. Well, I didn't really ask for all this, but this is nice. This is nice right here. Where, where do, can I go further? Amen. And that's really the way the things of the kingdom, uh, uh, affect us sometimes. Especially if the enemy has, has, or we've allowed the enemy, I put it that way, because it's what you allow. You've allowed him to bombard your mind with a lot of questions, a lot of whys, a lot of you know, what happened and how did this happen to me and all of this kind of stuff. We just have to to really accept the fact that God's word is true. And if we can meditate on that and keep our minds uh, fresh in God's word and keep it strong in God's word, uh, then then we will get the benefit of it. Amen. You, you'll be a peaceful person. You'll be a person that's not not upset easily or thrown. When things happen, uh, you, you'll know that God has a ready answer. If he doesn't speak it to you right away, it's going to come, and it's going to come on time. And so uh, these are things that we have to, to focus ourselves in and stay adjusted in so that our faith will work. Because the more you give in to uh, the negative thoughts that come into your mind by what you see, what you hear, by what you feel, and what you experience – the harder it's going to be for you to reach over into the word of God and and connect your faith with his word and pull that into where you are and allow yourselves the peace of God. That's what you want. You want to live as a peaceful person every single day, not missing one day, uh, living in doubt, fear, unbelief, and, and, and uh, things that will cause uh, symptoms either to manifest or to worsen. You know, sometimes they do get worse from worry or they do get worse from, from one thing or another, but, but you got to pull yourself back into, I'm still healed. I'm healed, period. I still am healed. I'm healed now. And there's no doubt about it. And so this is the good fight of faith. This is where it is a good fight because it's a one war. Amen. It's already won. You just have to, to work with God so that you can obey him and get yourself into that place where the winning manifests amen the good stuff manifests where it's it's right there in your hand and so it's always good to to believe every single word of god that you can 
especially regarding healing, because it's so easy for, for disease to come upon us or to attack us. So who would have thought our whole country would be shut down because of a virus? Because we have flus that come through once a year. Every year the flu comes through. But this one somehow was different. We could see it was claiming more lives. <clears throat> but we found out, too, that the same word that works on the flu every year worked on this one, too, if if you stood on the word. And so that's what we got to remember. we got to remember no matter what the challenge, God's word is still true. Amen. And for people that, that came down with symptoms, his word is still true for them, too. Your, the word didn't fail you, and you didn't fail anything. Amen. You don't know what happened. That's the best thing to say. I don't know what happened, but I fought the Rona off and I won. Amen. And and it didn't claim me. It didn't take me down. It took some people out of here, but it didn't. Not not for the for the redeemed. So so when we think about why we are healed, we are healed because we believe certain things and we hold on to them and we don't let go. So in Exodus fifteen twenty six. The first thing, this is what I, I always base my faith in God's word on for healing. That he says we don't have disease. Amen. F, Exodus fifteen twenty six says none of these diseases that he put on the sinner. He said the diseases of Egypt that he brought upon them. Why? Because they didn't believe. Amen. They just weren't believers in God. They could have believed. Now, now know that everybody has the ability to believe God. He would have people to cross over a lot of times. They'd see how, how the children of Israel were living. Look at Rahab the harlot. Amen. Who'd have thought she'd have had more sense than anybody in the town? Looked down upon, disregarded, you know, because of her own behavior. But still, she was smarter than anybody there. She put two and two together and decided to make a deal with the powerful people. Amen. And she lived. She and her whole family survived. In fact, she's a descendant. Um, Jesus Christ is a descendant of hers. He came through her bloodline. And so when we think about redemption, when we think about uh, believing, we have it on good authority because by this time, they were coming under the Mosaic Law. God was bringing them into a new land. He hadn't given them the commandments yet, but they were on their way there. And But still, people could believe, and they could escape the, the penalties of a sinful life. Amen? So when God sets about to redeem people, he redeems people who believe. Amen? Um you're not certain people aren't slated for things because of who they are or because of who their father is or grandfather is. You're, you're to stand on your own faith before God. You're to stand in your own stead. You're to stand there, uh, and believe God for yourself. And that's what he expects out of everybody. So when you believe God's word and you, you, the only way he knows you believe him is that you obey him. So obedience became a requirement for health. Obedience either to believe that you're redeemed from the curse of sickness, to believe that Jesus took stripes on his body for your healing, to believe none of the diseases that he brought upon the Egyptians would he put on us. He is the Lord that heals us. 
In other words, whenever you go to God, you can receive healing. It doesn't matter how far gone your disease is. doesn't matter what your prognosis is, what they tell you, what the x-rays say. If you will shake that off and make up your mind to believe God, even a little bit, just that <laughs> a little bit of reaching out, it just amazes me sometimes when we think about, okay, I got bad news, oh boy, what does that mean, and yada, yada. And then we think about some of the testimonies that people come up with, that, that how they they um, believe God in very, very late stages of illness. Yeah, I was thinking about that. There, I remember there was a testimony. I just loved to hear it. Of course, I didn't want it to have to be me. You ever be like that? Ooh, that was a good testimony. You think about, well, what if that were you? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Don't know what I do. Oh, Lord. I just go crazy. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. But, but this one, Normal Hayes gave this testimony. He loved these extreme, you know, because if you ever want to hear uh, worthless of, or or uh, cases that, that were hopeless and God turned them around, he's got a bank of them. He collects them. And uh, there was this, this uh, couple, young couple, he was ministering at a church and the pastor told him, he said, he said, Brother Norval, he said, I want you to go, before you leave, go over with me. There's a young man, uh, uh, he's, I think he was like the youth minister or, you know, really sincere about God. He and his wife, they were newlyweds and he was dying of, I'm not sure what the disease was, but it sounded like he was in the last stages because the type of breathing that he did, it could go on for a couple of days or two minutes. You just didn't know it was just that kind of end of life breathing and the the wife was sitting there and and they went in to pray and Norval said as I was walking toward the door he said they didn't even want to let him in there that's how critical he was just the family and uh so the pastor and Norval were able to go in and and um I don't know what people think what harm they think you could do coming into somebody who's I mean seriously Unless you coming in there with some poison or something, you know, it's just, but anyway, but, but they do limit the numbers of people, uh, out of respect for people because when you're at the end of your life, you don't want a bunch of people gawking at you. But pastor is, you know, just once one, one or two people, but they did let him in to see him. And he said, as he was turning to leave, God told him, he said, Mark 1123 would work for him if it were obeyed. And so Norval began to speak to this young lady as, and they were about to leave and just in passing was able to explain enough about how to put that scripture to work so that it could work for her husband. And so he left and a year later, he said he came back to that church and the pastor said, Brother Norval, I have somebody here who wants to give their testimony. And it was the couple, the young man and, and his wife, and he was healed. And amen. And and she gave the testimony, and she said, "My husband will live and not die." And and uh, you know, just some 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 scripture that she spoke, and believed that it would come to pass. And and Norval would ask her. He said, "Well, when did? How long did you do that before you saw any improvement?" And she said, "Well, about a day and a half." 
of continuing. He told her, he said, don't let the devil wear you out. He said, if you get tired, you stop and rest for a little bit. But as much as you can, confess that word over him. Amen. And and she said in about a day and a half, his breathing started to get a little more normal, but he was still unconscious. So she's speaking this over an unconscious man. Now imagine you got to watch somebody like that. And while you've been watching them all along, you're thinking every breath is going to be their last. But the power of faith is so dramatic. The faith that was in her heart every time she spoke that kept her going and kept her going and kept her going and kept her going and kept her going until he woke up one day and began to improve and improved every day since then. But you don't change your confession. You don't stop your confession because you just as you saw it going downhill when you start to see it getting better, many times people will slack off of what they've been doing because they see with the natural eye improvement. So you can't slack off. You have to let the Holy Spirit know, you know, I want to continue to do this, Lord. You've been with us so far. If you want me to slack off, if you want me to keep up, just let me know. You know, every day get your instruction from God and let God call the shots because he knows exactly how much it's going to take how much faith, how much everything it's going to take to bring that, to reverse that thing and bring it around. But isn't that beautiful that the Holy Spirit stopped him before he left, gave him specific instruction for how to combat that and said it would work if it were obeyed. Amen. So those are the conditions always. Faith is always an act of obedience. It's not just quote unquote believing. Like something, you know, that takes no action, that takes no um, energy on our part, that won't take uh, us into a different level of, of trusting God, because it has to. It has to rely more on the unseen than it does on the seen, because the things that, that are not seen are the things we desire. The things that are seen don't take any faith. We can just accept them as they are, accept them as reality or natural reality, whatever you want to call it, so they don't take any faith. We need faith for the things that we have yet to see, the things that we are believing for to come to pass into the natural realm. And they come to pass through our consistency, our diligence, and our determination to see them happen. Amen? So none of the diseases, you know, you can say, I don't get disease. I'm not supposed to have disease and I don't receive disease. If it tries to come upon me, I am not sick. Amen. The other scripture that, that we believe none of the diseases, Isaiah 33, 24. Amen. <clears throat> I was watching, um, I think it was, um, oh geez. Oyadepo, the senior, uh, dad. And, um, he was, you know, how he preaches. He's very, very prophetic. And he very much believes God will bring his words to pass. If he'll speak those words 
over his people, he believes God will bring him to pass. Well, he'd have to. He's got like 50,000 people there, you know, I mean, almost in one place. That place is humongous. And I would always listen to him preach, and, and I would, you know, he said, let me hear your loudest amen. Yeah, amen. I'm sitting there, yeah, amen. You know, it's like you can't help but say amen when, when the demand is made on your spirit to agree with what's being declared. And, and one, one time I was watching and they had testimony time. And I was watching it and I, I watched the people come up and give their testimony. It was the, when daddy, when you said they, they call their, um, pastor sometimes daddy, you know, a prophet. When the prophet said, you are healed and nobody can say I'm sick. I said, I said, amen. And every symptom left my body. And I said, you mean to tell me those people are getting healed while he's saying that? And you don't even think that that's happening because we all speak the word when we preach. We all say the word all over and over again. But when the demand is made there for that word to manifest, when the person speaking it has faith for the manifestation and the people sitting there receiving it have faith for the manifestation, it's going to manifest. That's all that's needed. And I watch these people over and over again. Oh, yeah, I had, uh, you know, diabetes and I had this swelling and it just left it while we were having the service. And I'm thinking, glory to God. <laughs> I got to get some of that. <laughs> Lord, that's my portion too. Amen. But anyway, it says here, and the inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. That's us. Those who dwell in God's kingdom, those who live for God, we shall never say, I am sick. Why? Because we are forgiven of anything that could cause sickness in our bodies. And this is a good way to connect the atonement that we always talk about getting people saved. With healing. Let it be a package deal. Why can't it be a package deal? It should be a package deal. We should never dismantle the cross and pass out part of it to people and withhold the other part and say we don't believe in that. That's just wrong. And so when we understand that Jesus intended for us to walk away from the foot of the cross totally healed. That's his intention. Amen. And we've got to believe with everything that is in us. So we shall never say, I am sick. What am I then? You're healed. You'll never say you're sick. We always want to compromise with our carnal self. Why we want to massage our feelings, I don't know. You need to to let yourself be wrong sometime. What's wrong with that? Amen. You can be wrong to your own good. Amen. If you're going to be wrong about something, be wrong about the power of sin over your life and the power of sickness over your body. Be wrong about that all day long. Amen. But allow yourself to be corrected by the word of God. Allow the word of God to come in and bring an upgrade in your life. Bring a a greatness into your body, a wholeness and a soundness there. Amen. Amen. So, so we believe that we are not sick because we're healed. Can't be both. Are you a child of the king? You're living in the kingdom or where are you living? 
Amen. If you're living in God's kingdom, you are not sick. Amen. Well, what am I? You're healed. See, you know what? When people say, what am I? They try to figure out an answer for why they have symptoms. And you don't know the answer. So what you don't know the answer to, leave it alone. Amen. And don't say you don't know what you are because you do know you're healed. It's called having a made-up mind, folks. See, doubters always want to give room for explanations for natural things. You don't know the reason of that. You don't have a clue. Even the best scientists don't know how disease works. Look at how stupid they got over this one virus. So they don't know. They're bluffing more than they are anything. Huh? And they're pretty poor poker players, if you ask me. Bluffs don't work. Huh? You don't want to know why anyway. You want to be healed. You want your symptoms to leave. Could care less why. Just get me better. (laughs) Get my health back. That's all that's important. Amen. So you, you are healed because you believe Mark 11.23. Amen. Mark 11.23. It says 22. Jesus answering said to them, have faith in God, for verily I say to you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. When shall you have them? When you believe that you receive them when you pray. Amen? Amen. And it says, therefore I say to you, okay, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any. See, this is the thing that kicks it all off. You don't do this. You might as well forget the confession, forget the believe I receive. You receive nothing because you haven't met the conditions. Amen? Conditions of this covenant is that we walk in love with everybody. You can't be mad at nobody. You can't be in the back of your mind thinking evil about people, think they're worthless, ruthless, whatever it is that they are. They may be that, but you don't have the privilege of believing it. You don't, you, you don't have the right to hold on to those thoughts about anybody. Amen. We get more in more trouble for what we thinking. Amen. And then we think we're we're hiding it from God and we get in a situation he makes it come out of our mouth. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. You've been harboring it and you've been nursing that for years. Amen. Holding on to it like a lollipop or something. Let it go. Amen. You know, we do that. Come on now. <laughs> 
You get, you get, uh, that's your pacifier. You get to feeling sorry for yourself. And so and so did such and such. I'm on your show. Just keep nursing on it. Amen. Amen. So we got to put away childish things. Get into maturity. You know, get to the point where, you know, I've been in, in positions where some would come, a thought would come in my head and I thought to myself, I said, now why am I thinking about that? And I said, you know what, that used to upset me. There used to be a time where I would sit and think about that for hours because I felt, you know, justified because somebody did me wrong. Amen. And, and I would pause and God said, and God would remind me, he said, I've delivered you. See, that's a reason to rejoice right there. He's, I've delivered you from that power. And I think, thank you, Jesus. Think of the time I wasted meditating on nonsense. Why we couldn't be meditating on the word, getting closer to him, having something to offer to the next person that needed help, you know, something legitimate. Where, where we waste so much time in the old things. Amen. Old fears, old wants, old desires, old everything. Amen. It's a new day. But Jesus said, you know, he's doing a new thing. The new has come. You can't put new wine in old wineskins. Amen. And we're trying to put new ideas in an old brain and they just don't fit. So we got to let him stretch the old wineskin or throw it out, bring us a new wineskin altogether. Amen. So that we, we can partake of things. I was thinking about that. I was reading the story of, uh, the woman with the issue of blood for the umpteenth time, <laughs> but I'm still reading it. But, um, Jesus had just finished preaching on new wine that cannot be put into old wineskins. And Jairus showed up. It's like, well, speaking of old wineskins. You see how the word will always manifest in some way when it's spoken? Amen. So Jairus was in for a shock because he was going to have to give up the old ways. And didn't he do it? The old wineskin would have been, uh, you come to my house because I'm the ruler. I can boss you around, tell you what to do. He found out real quick he couldn't do it. The woman with the issue of blood interrupted everything. And what could he do? He had to give up the old wineskin. He said, I'm going to have to believe in spite of what I see and what I hear. I was believing for a healing. Now i got to believe for a resurrection. Amen. That's the new wineskin. Amen. Raising from the dead, that's part of the new wineskin, folks. That's what Jesus expects us to do. And not shy away from it and not cower back and not be afraid. You're not going to raise nobody from the dead anyway. He's going to do it. But he's going to use us and use our faith, that's for sure, to get the job done. So so we believe we receive when we pray, not after we see it in the natural. So many times we lose ground because your mind will flip over on you. And you'll start thinking 
you you'll you you think you're believing God and waiting on the manifestation or what whatever the symptoms to disappear, whatever you want to call it. But 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 really, we have never believed we received it when we prayed. You can tell by the way you think. You can tell by the way you talk. Most people want to say two things at one time. They want to say they're healed and they're sick. You got me? You can't do that. You got to be one or the other. This kingdom of God, you have to devote yourself to it. You can't run in and out and think you're going to find, you're not going to find healing consistently if you're, you're back and forth in your mind about what your symptoms mean. Does that mean I'm sick or am I really healed? Well, you got to believe you receive it. At some point, you must believe you receive it. You've got to believe you receive it when you pray. A lot of times, you you can just appropriate it by faith. And when I say that, I mean, you just begin to thank God for healing you. And and thank him for, for you know, I don't have to go to the hospital. I stubbed my toe and I heard it crack. Huh? Oh, there's nothing wrong with going. Not if you believe you received your healing. If you believe you're not sick, you live in the land where nobody says I'm sick. Well, sometimes you just need to go to find out how to pray. Listen, I can look in the Word. They don't have no Bible for you in the emergency room. You learn how to pray from the Holy Ghost. Don't you think he knows what's wrong with you? And if he needs to tell you, he will tell you. Amen. Amen. People need to admit they're tracking down a natural cure. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's where your faith is. But you gotta put it in what, put it over in the kingdom and leave it there. Don't keep taking it out and putting it over in the natural again. Leave it over there. That's how God knows how to find you with your blessing. Where your faith is, that's where he will look for you. Amen. He don't work in the realm of the natural. He works in the supernatural. So he's got to find your faith over in there. Why? Because it's possible to believe him. He's not asking you to do something that you can't do. Many times we're just too lazy to do it. Or we don't like correcting ourselves. Well, here I am over here again, Lord. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as many times as you find yourself, make yourself get over back where you belong. You belong at the throne. You belong where all faith is. You belong where all confidence is. You belong where your help is. You belong where the angels are ready ready to dispatch what it is that you need. That's where you belong. You don't belong over in the land of doubting and unbelief and, you know, backing away from truth. There's nothing wrong with truth. You can handle it. You handle more truth. Most believers are handled handled more truth when they were sinners than they do now. Because the truth we believe now is building on a foundation that we got when we were born again. When you were a sinner, you had no such foundation. It was all new and hurting your feelings and devastating and all that kind of stuff. But you swallowed it anyway. Said, I gotta confess, I gotta repent of my sins, I gotta confess Christ if I'm gonna get help. Well, stay humble like that now. Stay in that same humble frame of mind that got you into the kingdom. Keep yourself there. 
so that God can build on that foundation. Amen. But we, when you, you are healed because you believe you received it already when you prayed. Amen. You received it already. Okay. 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 No, you need to rejoice. I'm healed. Woo! Got it. Now I got it. I know what the deal is now. I've got to believe it before I see it, before I heal it, hear it, I feel it, before the symptoms leave, before the doctors pronounce me anything. Amen. I've got to believe I'm there already, that I have it already. Amen. What about symptoms? God's going to take care of that. That's not my job. That's not my job to explain. That's not my job to get rid of. Symptoms ain't my job. Amen. They're God's job. I mean, can you allow God permission to do something while we got to do everything all the time and always mess it up? Amen. Let him handle this. And maybe you will learn something in the end. Is the interesting thing about God is he don't do a lot of explaining on the way to restoration. He restores first and then the explanations come. You got me? He's not going to sit up there while you're drowning and say you shouldn't have been in that boat without a life jacket. He'll rescue you first. And then you smart enough to figure out your trouble yourself. Most people are. Amen. But focusing on the why will do nothing but cause you fear, grief, and condemnation. Until you, you, you gotta fight that and then get out from under it so you can receive your, your total manifestation. I would say your natural manifestation of your healing. But if you think about it, What keeps people concerned about their health is symptoms. But if God gives you peace on top of symptoms, aren't you as good as symptom-free? See, we don't take advantage of what he has for us. You're as good as symptom-free. Just stay honest in your confession. Stay, Don't change your confession and quit confessing because you feel good. Amen. Stay on top of, let that be your daily bread. Father, I take my daily bread of healing today. It's good to take that even if you don't have symptoms and you don't have a diagnosis to fight. It's good to take that any day because we need healing every day. There's enough doubt and unbelief and fear circulating in every atmosphere you get in there's there's all of that circulating around and it it's the devil would love to pull believers over into his realm of unbelief because they've just been bombarded with about a bunch of uh hellish ideas from satan but god wants us to stay in the realm of righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit Righteousness for sure. Stay in right standing. Keep keeping the might right mindset with God. And let his peace permeate your life. I don't care what's missing. There's always going to be something missing from your life. You're going to have a dream bigger than where you are right now. But you don't get wound up and bound up and angry about it. You don't, don't regret what you don't have. 
don't think, look at it as a goal. I set a goal for myself to get to this level or to that level. It's good to set goals for yourself, especially in God. Amen. You set them in God and God will get you there. He will definitely get you there. So Mark 11.23 says that have faith in God. When you have faith in God, then you believe you have it already when you pray. When you stand before him, you you cleanse yourself through your confession. You know, Father, I thank you to 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 forgive me for so and so and such and such. And my goofy mind, errant mindset, I've been sitting up thinking thinking negative thoughts all morning that this wouldn't happen for me or or something wouldn't happen for me. You know, sometimes we're our biggest enemy in our minds is God. Because he's the one who's who's bringing it to pass. And if we're upset because it hasn't happened yet, guess who you're upset with? But you don't want to say it. Oh, no, I'm not mad at God. Well, well you better get happy then. Amen? <laughs> Bet to get happy. Amen? Because he wants us to be full of joy. He doesn't want us to be doubters. Amen? And so I live in a land where I will never say I am sick. The devil can twist my arm all day long. I will never say I am sick. Why would you use your confession to glorify the devil? Huh? You belong to God. You don't want to glorify the devil anymore. Amen? That's not going to get you anything anyway. You'll get some crazy saints come up to you want to rub on you and put more of their devils on you. Amen? So there's no point in, in all of that. Amen? Because you're not sick, you're healed. If you're if you're in faith, you're healed. You also believe you receive your healing when you pray. Symptoms come upon you, they put a diagnosis on you. Amen. I was listening to a man that that uh, uh, walked. Oh gosh, I don't know how many different continents he didn't walk, uh, remitting sins and stepping on altars. Baal worship and stuff like that and cleansing the land as he went and, and opening the door for revivals to happen, people to get saved. You know, he's got, he's got good testimonies of how things changed in the places that he went to. He's not like these people that run around everywhere and nothing happens. You got me? He's, he's the real deal. And he said that, that he knew that his body was attacked with cancer. And he said, uh, uh, he said that some well-meaning saints made an appointment for a doctor to see him. He was, I guess they were at a, what did he say they were at a, uh, uh, IHOP or something like that, sitting at a table, getting ready to order food. And this doctor comes up and tells him how sick he is. And he says, lady, she said, he said, she said, when are you going to admit? He said, lady, he said, I refuse to give my life for cancer. He said, Jesus gave his life for me already. He said, you can't threaten a dead man. He said, I died to myself so long ago. Amen. His life is hidden from the devil, from her, from everybody. Life is hid with Christ in God. Amen. But but he was in the final stages. And he said he was hemorrhaging all the time. He kept crying out to God. He kept crying out to God. He said, but I knew the day would come. When all those symptoms would leave me. And he said that she told him, she said, if you don't get some help, she said, you're going to be 
He said, why don't you go home and let your family enjoy your last days? And he said, lady, I've got an appointment to go uh, preach somewhere. She said, well, in 12 days, you're, you're going to be dead in 12 days. He, she said, you make up your mind how you want to spend your last days. And he said, well, that was a no-brainer. He said, I just went and did what I always do. <laughs> Trusted God on the way. Amen. He said, and on the 12th day, he was in, in a church where he had just ministered. I think he had ministered the afternoon service and the night service. Uh, he was going to be a, a guest in there. Somebody else was going to preach. He said, and this pastor called me up and said, well, brother, we're going to pray for you. Pray for our brother Henry. And he said, um, he said, all of you who can believe for a, a miracle, come up here. And he said, in that audience was a group of, uh, young, young student, you know, ministers, missionary kids. They had just come from a missionary trip where they had prayed for a, a man who had been dead several days and his body had started deteriorating and breaking down. And they had prayed for him and that man got up and they saw uh, dead flesh that was falling off get recreated and come back to life and he said now who in here can believe for a miracle all these yeah! <laughs> and so they all agreed he put laid hands on Henry he said and I knew I was healed he said every symptom that was telling me I was sick left my body amen so the day will come when we know we start believing and then we know Amen. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She started believing and she took her healing. Amen. She took it because she knew she could have it. Amen. And she knew it was her turn. It was her time. Amen. This was the opportunity for her and she knew it. And so uh, at some point, believing will turn into knowing where it's rock solid, where you can't be deterred. I mean, for everything you believe God for. It doesn't matter what it is. There will come a time when believing will turn into knowing. And if you have, some people have an easier time believing for certain things than others. You understand what I'm saying? Because there's not a whole lot resisting it. It depends on the resisting how easy your believing is. Well, just like it's easy for you to believe for a miracle over in that part of your life, transfer that over to, to your health. That's what God really is trying to show us, that faith is faith, and God is God. And you don't have to bring it to pass either. Anyway, you just got to believe. But there will come a time where believing changes into knowing, where you don't doubt whatsoever. But, you know, a lot of times the enemy will work harder after the knowing comes. He works even harder to bring doubt. You know what I'm saying? Don't put anything past him. So just make up your mind to be resolved, amen, just to stand on the word in spite of what you think, what you feel, what's going on in the, in the natural realm, amen, because it can get pretty frustrating sometimes uh, what we have to go through to stand on the word, amen. It, you know, it just is challenging. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm not saying park your car and, and have a pity party because you're being challenged, amen. Everybody's being challenged. Even the people that don't know they're being challenged are being challenged. Amen. So, so we're all in this same, same fight of faith. Everybody's in the same fight of faith. Amen. 
So, I believed, I received when I prayed, and I'm not changing what I believe. I'm not changing my confession. I'm not, in fact, I'm looking for ways to get stronger in it. And that's what, what we need to do when you, we, we start to believe God and we have it, we know that we have it, then we have to keep reminding ourselves that we have it. Amen. Um, I've seen people who do things like, um, you know, something, put, put some kind of reminder, say a bookmark in their Bible that they can go back to and it's a point of contact to release your faith. It's just not something to collect to, to mark your book with. But it's like if I have Psalm 23 here, what is, what do I need to get peace about? What do I need to understand provision about? And let that be a point of contact for you to restore your faith. So, oh yeah, I'm believing God and I have it. See, I have it because this is my reminder that I have it already. And, and allow yourself to, to mark the things that you're believing God for, you know, to put a, a monument to it, so to speak, just like Israel used to do. They, they build little stones and what do these stones mean? Oh yeah, that was where God brought us across. We had a miracle there and a miracle and he'll do it again. Amen. And so that's, that's what those things were for to, to remind us. And that's what our point of contacts are for to remind us. That we are healed to remind us none of the disease. We do not have disease. You know, sometimes your, your symptoms might get to the point where you think you do need to, to go and, and have them looked at because, you know, if you have pain, sometimes it's, it's bad pain. Amen. But God says he'll keep us in perfect peace if our minds are stayed on him. Amen. And ask him to make that real to you. Just as real as, as anything else is. Amen. It, it, it can happen. His word is true, period. Our pains are not bigger than what he went through to take our pain from us. The Bible says he has taken, borne our pains. That means he carried it away to a place where you can't find it. And the devil can't find it to put it back on you. Amen. So he bore our pain. He took all of our suffering. Many times we we make ourselves suffer by thinking about it so much. Abraham, the Bible said he considered not his own body. Amen. He didn't think about it. He did. In other words, he didn't factor it into the equation of one plus one equals two. One Abraham, one Sarah equals two Isaac. He didn't factor his body in there. He didn't factor Sarah's body in. He didn't factor his body in. He didn't consider it. He put it on the outside of his thinking. But he always brought himself back, but God said. But God said. But God said. But God said. Once you start convincing yourself that what God says will happen, it will happen. Many times we say we believe the word of God and we speak the word of God, we quote the word of God, but when we think about something happening that he promised, it's kind of a long shot. It's amazing how we can can fragment the word like that. We think that if we're believing, I believe the word, I believe the scripture, sure you do, until you believe it until you think about it happening for you. 
you got to believe it'll happen for you. Amen? And And many times we start speaking the word and we think we believe it, but we're just really giving a nod to it. We don't really... You know, in order for you to really believe that it's going to come to pass, you got to see yourself at some point with that thing. If you can't see yourself with it, it's doubtful you think it's going to happen. Amen? Because everything else we believe, we see ourselves with it. Oh boy, when I get so and so and such and such, I'm going to have this and that. We do that all the time with everything but the Word of God. Huh? Yeah, when my healing comes, I'm going to be stepping up and I'm going to be doing this and I'm not going to be short of breath and I'm going to have all the energy I need and my knees won't creak every time I walk and I won't have to grab something to get up out the chair. And Do you understand what I'm saying? We seldom see ourselves to that kind of detail. Admit it. But we believe the word. We're confessing the word. As though the word is here. And our promise is somewhere we don't know. See, we never let the word meld with our imagination, our spiritual imagination, and put ourselves over into that place where we have it. You got me? Every car I've gotten since I've been saved, God had me see it in my garage before it showed up. And it wasn't that it was like a miracle or anything. You know, I was just signing up for pay, or my husband was, my dear husband, late husband was signing up for payments. Amen. Sometimes voluntarily, sometimes with a gun at his back, but that's how my faith works. Don't hate, okay? Don't hate y'all. Don't hate. Do what you gotta do. Huh? Results is all that's important. Did you get hurt while we were doing Oh, I'm so sorry. But I did get my car, didn't I? Did it roll over you while you were trying to stop it from coming? Shouldn't have been standing in its way. Need to learn how to obey God. Respect what God's doing around here. Get on board here. But, uh, anyhow. Anywho. Um, but, But yeah, because you know why? Because I wanted to do it by faith. See, if you do it by faith, let me tell you what happens. I know, I know everybody wants to have enough money to do everything, right? Rookies. You better be asking for enough faith to do everything. Because if you do it by faith, you don't have a repo man to think about. You don't have frequent breakdowns. To cause you grief. You don't regret the day you, you signed for the note. Hello? See, that's what faith will buy you that money can't. I'm going to say it again. If you do it by faith, God says whatever he does, it lasts forever. That thing will be there till you decide you want to trade it in for something new. You understand what I'm saying? And it will get paid for. If you do it by faith, you need to put all those things before the Lord. Well, Lord, I want it paid for. I wanted the note to not be so much. If you got to take a note, if you can get it cash, get it cash. Amen. I mean, whatever you want to do, however you want to, however your faith is working for you, that's what you do. Amen. 
And so whatever your faith is telling you, go ahead and do it that way. But I'm telling you, while you're getting it in your house or getting it in your garage, why don't you add some extras to it? Like it, it'll be, it'll be a good gas saver. I don't care what the mileage thing says. Mine is not going to be eating up gas like that. Amen. Even when gas went down to a little, uh, a dollar or something a gallon, a little over two dollars a gallon, you don't want it to be a gas guzzler. Spend your money on something else. But you also want it to not be, add sorrow to your life. You'd be sitting up wondering every time the note is due, how's gonna, how am I gonna get it paid for? You want it to, to fit into your budget? Add some things onto there so you don't have grief with it. And quit worrying about if it's gonna break down. New cars break down. They give you problems, they stop running, all of that. Allow yourself to put together the kind of life that's going to be easy for you with your faith. I don't care if you can't quote unquote afford it. Christians get a little crazy sometimes. I've had them say, well, you know, I'm a tither and I feel like I should be able to write a check for anything I want. I said, since when? Show me where that is in scripture. I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's some still, some stuff Bill Gates is still waiting on. Cause it don't take money, it takes moving people out the way for him to get what he wants sometimes. It's the one thing he can't do with his money. And he can't move God out the way either. So this nonsense people have about having unlimited finances to do, to do what with? You're still a child of God. You're still a citizen of this kingdom. You're limited to whatever the kingdom dictates you to do with your money. All of it just don't belong to you. Amen. I quit getting happy about bottom lines when God would start to tell me, well, I want you to send so-and-so some money. I want you to send this person. I said, wait, wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> What's mine? None of it. I finally realized it all belongs to God. Amen. My house isn't mine. I do what God tells me to do with that thing. That's been true almost forever. You know, even my late husband even realized that. You know, he was a very private person. He wasn't one of these people. And then when I got saved, I noticed he was Mr. Hospitality all of a sudden. I said, whoa, what happened to him? You understand what I'm saying? You do what God tells you to do with things, and you're peaceable about it. You're not grumbling about it every and wishing you hadn't done this. And now I got problems and you know, all this kind of leave that stuff alone. Just trust God. You I have no clue what he's doing most of the time. I'm just I'm just a spectator, a participant, or yeah, you know, whatever. Whatever role he gives me that's you know, it's cool with me. You know, whatever. Whatever, whatever. So so we learn how to use our faith for every day. That's what you want to do. You want to keep your faith engaged in everything. Don't drop your faith just because your bottom line looks pretty good. Because that can change overnight. Poof. 
The things of this world are subject to disappear. And that's why you want to stay with God's word. Because whatever is built on the rock will last. You will outlast most people because you have endeavored to use your faith to build your life. You've taken the life of faith instead of the life of the natural. Amen. Nothing wrong with things. You need things to live. You know, you don't have things. You might be taking a bus everywhere you have. That that takes a long time. Amen. But but God allows us to have mastery over certain things according to our faith. See, you're not you're not wanting things because if you do, they have you. You want mastery over things. And that way you have them. Amen. And if God tells you to let them go, you let them go. If he brought that to you, bring something else in due season. Amen. And so it, it's a good thing sometimes to, to have things, you know, the, uh, or to have mastery so that you know the difference. Amen. But, but if you will take the time to petition God for the things that you desire, put it on God's timetable, go to the throne room and, and, you know, receive those things, receive them when you pray and know God will bring them in due season and you don't have to sweat anything. Everything you, you need and want will be on schedule and it'll be on time and it'll be a blessing. No sorrow added to it. No misgivings. All of that, you know, you, you, when you live the life of faith, all of that is added to what it is that you have. So you know that you're, you're healed because none of the diseases, amen, you don't get disease, you got me? You're not sick because you live in the land where nobody says the residents will not say, I am sick. And Mark eleven twenty three says that you believe you receive total healing when you prayed. See, if symptoms have attacked your body or sickness is trying to claim you, you pray and you receive your healing when you pray. Amen. So you have it already. You have it now. You've received it in the now. So how do you know you have it? By faith. Your faith tells you what you have. Amen. It, and, and if you're not sure how that's supposed to work, ask God to help you with that. See, that's between you and the Lord. He helps you to understand faith. Amen. He helps you to receive things by faith. Yes, he helps us to be reassured that our faith is real. Amen. So none of the diseases, you you obey the law of love and no disease can stick to you because there's no law against righteousness. When God says you're right, you're right. That's what righteousness is. It's not doing everything right and never making a mistake. It's because God says you're right. When he says you're right, you're right. Who can dispute him? Amen. Why does he say you're right? Because you obey him. And when you don't obey him, you go to him. Amen. You go to him real humble. It's like I tell people when I want something, I get so nice. I get so humble. I might send you some some cash app. I'm going to say, girl, what's your cash app? God been talking to me about you. Huh? You get real generous, real sweet, real cash happy. Huh? It's called, it's called humility. It's called repentance. Amen. There's a lot of no good nicks in the Bible who have gotten forgiven 
because they humbled themselves to God and turned from their, and you say, oh, he's just doing that to get healed, wouldn't you? Don't be down on the brother because he done found a key to how to get out the, out from under the death sentence. Are you going to get mad at him for that? You better try and believe and do what he say, what he's doing. You, you want to be the first copycat on that one. Amen. I believe I am healed because Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. If symptoms attack my body or when they do, what do I do? I take the word as medicine. Amen. So I am under medical supervision at all times. Amen. And you are too. We need to be under the great physician. You mean you don't get in the word at all unless you need something, want something, or something's wrong with you? You need to be in the word when you feel good, when you don't feel good. Huh? You need to contact God at all times. Why? Just to tell him you love him. How's that sound? Or tell him you're believing him and thanking him for what he's doing in your life. There's all kinds of reasons to go to God. But Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, my son, attend to my words. In other words, I believe I'm healed because I pay attention to God's word over what my body might be telling me, what the doctors have told me. Amen. What the family says about all these different things, what the politicians say about what what my life is supposed to be about. I believe God's word above all those things. Amen. Because the word becomes medicine to all my flesh. So I'm taking a dose of medicine every time I open my Bible. I'm taking a dose of medicine every time I believe I've received it when I pray. I take medicine continually to keep my body fit, to keep it in good shape, to keep it in good health, to keep it, you know, whatever. I put the word first. Amen. Now, there are some people that I'm telling you, whatever you make the most important, that's what you're relying on. You know, there's a lot of people that believe diet and exercise are the most important things for health. Well, you don't have, you don't have to have a covenant with God to believe that. And you can also negate your covenant with God, believing those things. God will have no other gods before him. Amen. Now I appreciate the fact that you were depressed and and in poor health before you found this wonder diet that you've been on. You, You understand? I mean, there are people like that. You see them, they used to be ministers and now they're selling pills and and taking photo shoots and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, man, how old is this queen? Huh? You 60, you know, come on now. You better be in the word if you want to look good. It's okay. Don't hate. I'm just telling you the facts. I've had a free facelift fund ever since I got saved. Huh? I'm, I'm banking all the time that God will renew my youth every day. As my day, so shall my strength be. 
I'm like Caleb. I'm well able to take this mountain at 80 years old. You got me? I'm not going to curl up nowhere and just accept whatever is, you know. And I don't have to take a selfie every day to feel good about myself. It ain't dependent on how I look. Amen? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You understand what I'm saying? God can make me look good to anybody anytime he wants to. I know that's right. Huh? I, you know, I was thinking years ago, I said, when I had, I had photos taken for the, for my ministry, your promotional picture, you know, get your Bible, cause people get the wrong idea real quick. You know, get, get your robe on and get your Bible if you want to be considered a minister. You know, that's what I believe. Y'all do what you want to do, but I just believe that. I believe in looking the part. That's like applying for a job. You understand what I'm saying? You don't look like you belong at Hooters if you're trying to be a minister. I'm sorry I had to say that, but people are some extreme people out here. So I, I took them years ago. I said, oh, good, I finally got a picture. I won't have to take any more. So then I start getting convicted because my picture was like, 20 years old already and I said well Lord I'm going to update my picture so that I look my age which I don't tell nobody how old I am I'm just looking my age and so I took the pictures and people would make comments like gee you don't look a day older than you did the other pictures you had on there I said why did I spend all this money you understand what I'm saying but God presents you the way he wants to present you And I'm not fishing for likes, folks. I don't have to put a different picture on there with me every time I lose three pounds or gain three pounds. (laughs) See, I stay away from that. I don't have to tell no lies to nobody. You understand what I'm saying? But I've had a free facelift fund for ever since I've been saved. I've laid claim to those scriptures. Just in case. Just in case. You need them, you need them, you need them, whatever. But but that's like a little running joke between me and God. He said, okay, Barb, now you're standing on the word for me to renew your youth all the time. And you tell me you want to look your age. Okay, God, I repent. I take it back. (laughs) I take it back. Amen. You just repent. You keep living. You know, God is up to God to present. You in the light he wants to present you in. You know, people can see you on there and they, oh, you look beautiful. And they lying. Because you know you don't. Huh? What you on there fishing for compliments for? Go somewhere and pray. Go somewhere and pass out a track. Go somewhere and do something you're called to do. Called to do all of that. My goodness, we done went backwards, y'all. God's trying to deliver us from self, and here we done, we're with selfies. That should be a tip-off. Amen? 
So let's just be light and truth and cut the deception, cut the nonsense. Amen. I'm telling you, them people that click like they ain't paying your bills. You can sit out on the street because, you, you know, and you, this little phone you got, if they repossess your phone, you can't even see who likes you no more. You know, you sit up looking at, who that picture was looking too good. Them haters, I don't see. Let me see who clicked. Like, ain't none of them haters on there yet. Cut it out. Let's go, let's go live for God. Amen. Let's stop it. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We thank you, Lord, for all of the good things you do for us. There's so much good that we can feast on, Lord. There's so much good that we can rely on. There's so much good that you do for us, Father. We thank you so much for this. We bless you, we praise you, we honor you, and we love you. Thank you, Lord. We are healed because we believe the right things. We believe everything that's good and right that's in your word, and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. While we do our declaration, I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I don't have nothing they passing out, and it don't have me. Thank you, Lord that by your stripes we are healed amen amen and amen again it's so decreed amen praise god praise god thank you lord